listening to The Mindful Creative, the podcast about emotional health for creative wealth. Brought to you by Creatives for Creatives, this podcast was founded on the belief that looking after our emotional health and mindset brings us a wealth of creativity and joy in our creative pursuits. Before we get started today, my friends, just a heads up, I do use the F word in this episode, so if there's children around, you may want to listen to it later. Hello and welcome, my friends, to episode six of the Mindful Creative Podcast. In this episode, it's just little old me chatting to you about the biggest mistake I've made. And as I've just said that, I'm feeling like I should have said one of the biggest mistakes I've made, because let's face it, in life, we make many, and I'm definitely no stranger to that. But the mistake that I'm focusing on today is following someone else's journey into creativity. Now, this episode idea came to me when I was swimming laps in the pool. And at the time, I felt super passionate about the topic. But today, sitting down to chat with you, I'll confess I do feel a little dumb. And maybe that's because I've put words onto paper and it feels so obvious that following someone else's journey would lead to unfulfillment or the fact that creating this episode, I've realized that maybe I'm still doing it. It's just with other people in other niches, but I guess I'm willing to take one for the team. So where did it all begin? Well, in my mid-20s, and if I'm honest, it was actually my late 20s because my mid-20s, I was traveling the world. I had zero responsibilities. Um, I was just transitioning back to a blonde from a brunette after a phase I went through, which didn't suit me at all, by the way. So late 20s, I kept feeling like there was still something missing in my life. And one of them was creating. So reconnecting with my passion for artistic expression, I eventually came across this funny little thing called food photography, but it was so much more than that. And at the time, I had completed two university degrees, and although I love education and have the utmost respect for it, I was actually sick of being a student in our current system. So I was totally mesmerized by the idea of self-made photographers, achieved a level of success as deemed by society. And I couldn't quite get it out of my head, and it was so inspiring to me. So here I am feeling moved, connected and inspired in a time when I felt seemingly nothing else was going on for me. I kept reliving these journeys of others without constant consciously realizing it. I was playing out their lives in my head. Starting off on my own journey, I didn't really have any idea of where to start, but I knew how other people have done it. So that was good enough for me. I had a place to start. So that's not a terrible idea. You know, you've got to start somewhere and we all fail in order to find what works and getting started is better than endlessly waiting for perfection. So I'd say about a year or two went by and I was working on my photography, learning, failing, but overall enjoying. And to my surprise, I was quick to pick it up and I was able to progress to a certain point in a short space of time. So those around me would say that I just had it in me. Now, whether or not that was true, I didn't really know, and it doesn't really matter. But what I'd begin to notice and now know for certain, and maybe you've experienced this for yourself, is that it's near impossible to always have the same level of exponential growth throughout our entire journey. There are times when I flatline, and there are many, many times when I do this. But when you first experience this flatlining, you think it's because you're no good. 
you're not creative, you're not worthy, and why the heck did you think you could dabble in this anyway? So when this first came up for me, I wasn't consciously aware of it. I was living in a story that I wasn't good enough, and the proof was that I'd hit a ceiling. So around that time, there was a book that came out by Katie Quinn Davies called What Katie Ate. I didn't know much about Katie except she was a superstar food photographer and I really loved her work. So I got the book, but what I didn't expect was to read her story at the front of it. And at that time in my life, everything she said resonated with me. She started a new career being over 30. Now, I wasn't quite 30, but the people I was surrounded by were all successful and climbing the ladder well before 30. So in my mind, I was already middle-aged. She talked about failing, about making mistakes. I was at the stage where I was making more mistakes in my work than I was having successes with. So Katie was also talking about how she would cry in her kitchen every day and when her creations didn't work. And I may chuckle at that, but I felt like I was crying everywhere. That was the same thing, right? She felt something was missing for her life and I felt the same thing. She mentioned feeling deflated, and yep, that's how I was feeling. She was also blogging, and I blogged too. You know, was this real? She had a cookbook, and I wanted my own cookbook. Well, I thought I wanted my own cookbook at the time. Looking back now, I felt that every food photographer should want this. So I felt like I wanted to be Katie. So what was going through my head at the point, at that point, and why did I decide that I wanted to be Katie? I think that was because I was desperate. For those of you who know me, I hate being told what to do by society, and I've always wanted to do what I felt was right for me. I loathed the fact that we work nine to five jobs in offices where there's no direct sunlight, and I loathe the fact that our total self-worth and interest as people is tied to what we do for work. So just going on a side tangent here. I don't know if anyone else finds this, but I find it really limiting that we introduce ourselves to new people and we ask them, you know, what do you do? And I actually really dislike that question because I'd rather know what inspires you or what are you passionate about in life? You know, what are your hobbies? For me, it feels way more authentic and inspiring. So have you ever noticed when you ask someone what they do, they just give you a one word answer like, oh, I'm an accountant. And that's where it kind of ends is where if you were to ask them about what their passions or hobbies are, then you'd have a really interesting conversation. But back off my soapbox and onto our topic. So I was desperate to hold onto this thing that I'd found that had brought joy in my life. And I thought that making it my full-time job was the answer. I'd be more happy, more fulfilled, more successful. So hitching my wagon to someone else's successful story that seemingly could have been mine as I felt all those same things seemed like the right thing to do. Now there wasn't a point where I consciously sat down like a total stalker and said I'm going to be like Katie, I'm going to do everything that she does, copy her style. It was more subconscious choice uh, and I didn't think that I had any other alternatives. So at the beginning we don't know where to start. But what we seek is what we find. I was finding creatives whose journeys spoke to me because I was looking for it, not because it was meant to be, not because the universe was looking out for me. I was actively seeking it. 
I believe that I was subconsciously trying to relive my own life in the steps of others, of those who inspired me. So the key point here is not that we can't try what others have tried, that's totally okay, and it's totally okay to be inspired into action. In fact, that's the single most important thing for working towards your goals. I mean, that's healthy. The key difference comes down to the reliving part. There is no way that I could relive anyone else's life and expect to feel joy and fulfillment. If there's just one thing that you take from our conversation today, it's feeling inspired and reliving are two completely different things that take us in different directions and have totally different consequences. So in the beginning, when you find something that burns that passion inside of you, everything feels really exciting. You feel alive, but copying the paths of others instead of yourself There's this underlying inauthenticity that slowly eats away at us, and after a while, things start to feel stale and unfulfilling. So when you copy someone else's journey, anytime you try to reach a milestone or a goal, you're checking in with a benchmark in someone else's life. And the really shitty part about doing that is that you'll never be able to get where they are. It's like when you're driving on a highway and there's a medium strip that divides up the road. You can see the cars in the other lanes, but you physically can't drive your car onto the other side of the road. Neither car is going in the wrong direction. They're just pursuing their own paths. And I was never going to get to the other side of the highway. I had to concentrate on what was in front of me. And that certainly wasn't the benchmark in someone else's journey. I think naturally when we're faced with an uphill battle in creativity, which we constantly are in some form of another when we're pushing ourselves, we can be left telling ourselves that we aren't good enough. The only benchmark we should be setting is the one against our past performance and our true goals. So if I was doing this subconsciously, when did I come to realize it? As I started to freelance more and making a full-time goal of photography, the more I felt unfulfilled. Not because freelancing is unfulfilling, but rather I just couldn't shake this feeling that there was something missing. The more I started to connect with other creatives through my blog, the more I was drawn to the teaching side. And that was a total no-brainer when you think about it. I mean, I shouldn't have been blindsided by it. I studied teaching at university and the reasons that propelled me to do that were no different to how I felt this time. So I came across this quote from John Steinbeck, and that's, A journey is like a person. No two are alike. At the time, I don't think I truly understood the effect this quote would have on me. And for many months, I kept having these thoughts that I wanted to really connect with other creatives. I wanted to teach. I wanted to connect. I wanted to see a change. But my head kept telling me that I couldn't juggle freelancing and teaching. I couldn't do freelancing and be a photography coach. I felt like a fraud. Something just wasn't sitting right with me. Because I kept telling myself that I was a fraud, I had this idea that I couldn't be two things, and it kept plaguing me. I simply chalked it up to the fact that I just couldn't do both, and at some point I would have to choose. It wasn't until I had a meeting with a very renowned Australian photographer, Sharon Cartons, that I realised just how much creative journeys have changed. So Sharon had started her creative journey decades before me, And we discussed that getting into photography these days is completely different. The access to the craft and making connections has completely changed. 
After a really long and meaningful conversation, she did in fact tell me that she didn't know what was in store for creatives in today's world, that things that she did, the steps and path that she took, wasn't a given for today's photographers. So we're not saying that's a bad thing here, just rather that it had changed. And here I was trying to follow someone else's journey who had done it years before me, when things today have changed, besides the fact that I'm a completely different person. And that's when John's words really clicked. A journey is like a person, no two are alike. Only I could decide what my path looks like, and only I could decide what's successful and fulfilling to me. I still have to work on this idea every day. I still find that I have to realign myself with my goals and values. And even whilst putting together this episode, I found myself procrastinating and wandering on the internet. So I headed over to um, an entrepreneur's website, someone that intrigues me at the moment, and I find this new thing that she's doing, and I got really caught up in it. So they were promoting a condo for rent on Airbnb, and I was so caught up in this because I have this desire someday to own and rent out eco-cottages, so I find myself being jealous that they're able to achieve this now and matching my journey to mine thinking into overdrive about how they did it, matching up that benchmark against my life, never stopping to think that they're in a completely different circumstance to me, not knowing what they had to go through or give up to get that, just getting really caught up in the glamour. Now, I'm really trying to work on my procrastination at the moment, but I'm actually really glad that I wandered uh, whilst putting this episode together because it really made me see that this is something that takes constant work. And as I move forward in my journey and set new goals, new benchmarks, I feel much better with myself and more in control when I don't compare myself to others and try to match their successes. Expecting to be anything else than you are will ultimately lead to disappointment. Because we can follow other creatives more easily these days with social media, we really can get lost in their successes and it can almost be brainwashing. And the way that we should do things. So let's say, for example, we were to check in every day with your idol and what they're doing, matching yourself to them every single day. What do you think is going to happen? I think you start to believe that being them is the only way to success and fulfillment. We're not purposefully brainwashing ourselves. We're just training our brain in an unproductive way, if you like. If we rather seek inspiration from our idols and listen to our hearts, dismiss reliving their journeys, then we'll feel much more in control, content and full. Now, it's taken a long time for me to realize what I was doing. Not all of us will have fallen into the same trap and some of us might be deeper than others. So today, my goal of sharing this was that if you feel like something is missing for you, but you can't quite put your finger on it, then consider if you may be trying to follow someone else's journey. Consider if you're trying to fit in versus being true to yourself. Whilst the answer is simple, it's not always easy to do. But don't do the things that don't light you up. So I'm here to tell you that you don't need to teach what you do. You don't have to self-publish a cookbook. You don't have to win an award. You don't have to do full-time creativity. You don't need to buy your own studio, have a print shop, get a certain number of followers on Instagram, host a webinar, if these things don't speak to you. So I follow a lot of creatives in my industry at all levels and all interests, and I see so much diversity, 
Yet I also see a lot of the same thing. And my main message today is that it's okay to cut through the sameness. You don't need to do what everyone else is doing in order to be successful. So I want to tell you something. I started to write a cookbook. So I have four recipes and images to go with it. It was a book about gnocchi and it was gluten-free gnocchi, which I'm not here to dis gluten-free, but for myself, I actually don't care about gluten. It's not something that's important to me. So why did I decide to take on such a project if it wasn't important to me? And the reason was because I thought that as a food photographer, you should have to want to create a cookbook and that writing about something trendy was the way to do it. So I do have a post on one of my old blogs um, back in the day that did really well on Pinterest about about the gluten-free knocking and people still comment on it and like to say, and that's fine, but it doesn't feel authentic to me. And when I was creating this, I loathed every minute of it besides taking the photos. And eventually I realized that this wasn't the project for me. However, I was really grateful that I started this project as it had taught me that if I don't care about something, then why should somebody else care? It taught me to be true to the things that I value and hold dear. And that's why those images and recipes won't probably ever see the light of day because to share them would be really inauthentic. And I really pride myself these days on authenticity. So fast forward to today and I only do the things that I value and that I'm passionate about. The second reason that I think I was trying to follow someone else's journey is because it was one that was accepted by society. It was kind of like a proven method. All of us care about what others think. It's just human nature. And one of the reasons that today I'm more okay with not caring about what people think is because I read this book by Sarah Knight called The Life-Changing Magic of Not Giving a Fuck, which is about how to stop spending time with people that you don't like doing things you don't want to do. So it's quite a fun light read and Sarah coins this idea of a fuck budget. So simply the more fucks that you give out to people, the less you have for yourself. I had to stop caring about how others would accept my journey and start putting those fucks into actually achieving what was important to me. I had this idea that my clients uh, wouldn't want to see me teaching when in actual fact, the more I stayed true to my journey, the more clients that I get. So giving those fucks back to yourself really paid dividends for me. I would have to say that my creative journey has been by far the most challenging thing that I have ever had to do. And there's little point in being miserable for somebody else's path. So why hold yourself ransom to somebody else's success? Today, I only look to myself to define my journey, and I hope that you're feeling inspired and confident to trust yourself with that too. Trust that you are the one person who knows best. You're the one person who gets to define and set your journey. Success will never be achieved by pretending to be somebody else. So I'd love to hear from you today. I want to hear what your heart really wants to work on, but your head is telling you no. Let me know by connecting with me at 2 Studio on Instagram or Twitter. Send me an email at hello at 2 or leave me a comment via the show notes. So that's it for this episode of The Mindful Creative. A big thanks to all those creatives who make this podcast possible. And until we meet again, thanks for listening, my friends. <music>